have been talking about true worship with the subheading, a wounded worshiper. And I want to get to a place uh, where we can kind of stop for now. There are other things the Holy Spirit would have us to know and to hear. So allow me to get this information out today. But we have been talking about a wounded worshiper. Will you say that? A wounded worshiper. Say it again. A wounded worshiper. We're talking about those who willfully and intentionally harbor offenses. Individuals who hold on to grudges by design. Now, as I was meditating on this, sometimes we're harbor unforgiveness, we're harbor bitterness, we're holding on to things because we don't have the necessary tools on how to deal with confrontation. As a matter of fact, let me say this. How many in here maybe growing up in school took a course on conflict and resolution? You got to be for real. Huh? By showing the hands again. Look at that. One, two. Conflict resolution. Uh, okay. All right. So that can explain. And see, when you don't know how to correct the thing or don't know how to handle a thing, you usually end up messing it up. Or out of the frustration because you don't know how, it makes the situation worse. So, and I said that to say, sometimes we harbor things because we don't know how to deal with confrontation. Sometimes, then sometimes we harbor things because we just want to harbor it. And the purpose, one of the reasons why we've been going over this for the last several weeks is to give us tools on how to deal with offenses. So when it tries to come my way, I have enough information not to allow that thing to take root. Are you with me? So um, let's do a brief uh, compendium or brief review of what we've been over thus far. But we said, um, and I would write this down too. And we've seen this in Hebrews 12, 14, and 15. I'm just going to reference this. But when we allow hurts to linger, not only does it kill our witness, being that Others cannot see the Lord in us. It causes the root, of, the root of bitterness to continuously grow. Not only does it cause trouble, but it causes others to become defiled. This is the word of God. So, again, please go back to get the context on what the writer was saying here. But when I allow that bitterness to keep growing on the inside of me, others cannot see the Lord in me. And what it does, it kills my witness, which was our first point. When I'm a wounded worshiper, it kills my witness. Others cannot see the Lord in you. Okay? And we explain verse 14. Now, in verse 15, we see that, that we should not allow that root of bitterness to grow up because if it springs up, it not only causes trouble, but many become defiled. How do they become defiled? By slanderous talk. Hurt people hurt people. Because how I feel, I want someone else to feel the same way. Now, understand this. Whenever you hold on to an offense, and I will write this down, whenever you hold on to an offense, you become an agent of defilement. 
someone who is contagious and contaminating. Well, where do you get that? Verse 15, and by this, many become defiled. So when I hold on to that bitterness, I'm now a, I'm contaminated, I'm contagious with this toxicity. In other words, I, what's inside of me now, I'm trying to disseminate it onto others. This is the word of God. So that's why it's important that we release the offense, don't allow it to take root. Why? Because I don't want to be an agent of defilement. Are you with me? So today, upon this review, we're going to, you know, there's, it's, it's not a whole lot, but we're going to see three things or three ways on how to overcome offenses. But first, let's go back to, let's pick up. On our last point, it was point number two. It bears repeating. Point number two, we said that the opportunity to become offended will not cease. Will you say that? The opportunity to become offended will not cease. In other words, you will have an opp- the opportunity to be offended will always present itself. It is not going anywhere. And here's the thing. They're going to come, but it's up to me whether or not I allow that thing to take root. They're going to come. But it's up to me whether or not I allow it to take root. Luke 17, verses 1, 2, and 3. Luke 17, you should already have, uh, to some degree, some information regarding this. You guys, I'm sure you already prayed, so I don't, I don't need to pray again, do I? But Father, we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. May the eyes of our understanding be, be enlightened to a greater degree in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all good? Because I, I heard, I sent somebody say, hey, hey, I'm praying. Well, we already prayed. <laughs> I'm just flowing with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Hey, did, did, you know, you pray. If it's like that, you just pray over me. Amen. When are you going to pray? Okay, so Luke 17, verse 1. Then he said to the disciples, talking about Jesus, it is impossible that, no, come on, everyone reading. Then he said to, to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses come, but woe to him through whom they do come. First, let's understand this. They're going to come. You just don't want to be the one causing the offense. Now, watch this. If I allow that root of bitterness to grow, shay, shay, guess what? I now become an agent, a carrier who goes about offending others. I am now a contagious, contaminated carrier. An agent of defilement. So I don't want, so the easier I get rid of, it's, it's just like cancer. The, the quicker you jump on it, the quicker you can stop it from spreading. If you don't, if you leave it alone, it has the potential. And, and notice, it doesn't just spread to one part of your body. It spreads throughout. That's why you see people who are bitter, they go from one degree of anger to a greater degree of anger. They go from one state of hatred to a greater degree of hatred. Why? Because that thing is literally eating them from the inside out. See, you free yourself when you forgive. You free yourself whenever you forgive. You free yourself whenever you forgive. forgive. (laughs) Listen, you free yourselves whenever you forgive. No one's saying it's going to be easy, but it's to your advantage. Why? Because if you hold on to it, it's going to hurt you more so than a person 
who will cause the offense. Now, we said this word offense is the Greek word scandalon, from which we get our English word scandal. That's why people who are offended, they scandalize, they slander. Very malicious. Listen to some of the conversations. Then to make a decision, you know what, I'm not going to use myself or I'm not going to allow myself to become a container where people can dump toxic information into me. I'm going to be a good guard of my heart. And listen, it's simple. When you hear people going, all you got to do is, hey, not here. You don't have to let them. See, here's the thing. If I allow it, I'm allowing those seeds to be planted. And if the, I allow the seeds to be planted and don't arrest the seeds, guess what they're going to do? They're going to grow. So it's important that you forgive. Now, look at this word. It's the Greek word scandal is a trap stick for bait, generally a snare or stumbling block. It's actually the part of a trap that ensnares its prey. We use the example of a mouse trap. It's the part of the trap that when it clamps down on its prey, are you with me? Now, this is very interesting. Look at the, the latter portion. It says, it stresses the method of entrapment. That is how someone is caught by their own, do you see this? By their own devices, like their personal biases and carnal thinking. So in other words, most of the time we get offended is because of our carnal thinking, personal biases. We're being led by the flesh and not by the spirit. Are you with me? Then again, notice earlier I asked by the show of hands who has, you know, who's taken a course or uh, had any kind of dealings relative to conflict resolution. 90% of the hands were not raised. And sometimes we're responding out of whatever brokenness we've experienced. And watch this. If I don't know how to handle something, how can I, I can't legitimately defend myself. So maybe my response is out of, I don't know how to. If all I seen was shut down, if all I seen was argument, if all I seen was leave the house, when it happens to me, guess what I'm going to, since I don't have any information, I'm going to do what I seen, what I was exposed to. If I seen fighting, if I seen arguing, if I, I, that's, and we say things like, my daddy did it, my mother did it, are here, so a lot of times we're caught by our own personal biases and carnal thinking. That's why verse 3 says we have to take heed to yourselves. Let's read verse 2 and get to verse 3. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Verse 3, take heed to yourselves. Say it again, take heed to yourselves. In other words, give attention to yourselves. Pay attention to yourselves. Make sure you yourselves stay on guard. Are you here? Take heed to yourselves. If, of course, if your brother sins, again, that literally means to miss the mark by falling short of God's standard. So here is talking about someone who makes a mistake or falls short of God's standard. Of course, it, it, 
Again, you know, if he sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And I submit to you, under the new covenant, even if he doesn't repent, still forgive him. Why? Because God has already forgiven you. He's not, and we done dealt with this, he's not withholding forgiveness from you until you forgive someone else. He's already forgiven you. We dealt with that already. When? Two weeks ago. Go get to Are you here? So in these verses, we find another key to dealing with offenses. And look, notice what Jesus said. Take heed to yourselves. That's why you hear me often say, it's coming, but you don't have to allow it to take root. You hear? Now, notice this. And I said this last week, and we'll get to these points. One of the dangers of harboring offenses is that it makes you vulnerable. When you harbor it, the, 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 let me put it this way, the more you harbor it, the weaker you become. Prime example, hold something that's weighty or heavy. That's why if you're ever in the grocery store and you're holding two gallons of milk or a gallon of milk, you shift it eventually. Why? Because it's, it's getting too heavy in this hand. You go from holding it one hand to two hands, from two hands to throwing it up on your shoulder, from throwing it up on your shoulder, now you're walking out of it on top of your head. But the, the, the heavier it is, and the longer you hold it, the weaker you become. Let that seat for a second. So it, since it makes me vulnerable, Again, the weaker I become. That's why we have to take heed to, you can't do it on your own. Oh, you can't. <laughs> you can't do it. Like we see in the Hebrews, you fall from grace when you try to do it. Why? Because you're trying to do it within your own power. You, you can't do it within your own power. You need the power presence of Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. I, I know you're strong, bruh, sis, but you can't do this on your own. You need the Lord's help. Can I show you something? I didn't get a response. Can I show you something? Okay, well, y'all talk to it, brother. <laughs> Now, hold on. Let, let me. Good to see you, son. Now, now let me say this. Because we're going to clear this up right now. <laughs> it's Father's Day, man. Y'all, you, you, no, 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 I, no, no, don't, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> y'all not going to mess it up for the fathers today. Mother's Day, y'all jumping around, screaming, hollering, all kinds of stuff. I couldn't get you quiet. But today, we're not going to do that. Don't do that to us today. Amen. Where are all the fathers? Y'all back a brother up, man. Don't do that to us. Okay. I'm doing this for y'all too, so y'all. <laughs> so I'm going to ask again. May I ask you a question? Can I? Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. All right. So again, I'll write this down. One of the dangers of holding or harboring offenses is it makes you vulnerable. In other words, it makes you more susceptible to becoming attacked. It makes you weaker. The longer I hold it, the weaker I become. 
Let me say that again. Matter of fact, you said, the longer I hold this thing, the weaker I'll become. Again, which proves that's why every time you talk about it, I mean, you go in. Every time she talk about it, she goes in. She went went from being low down to a low down, dirty scoundrel. Went from being a low down, dirty scoundrel to a low down, dirty scoundrel thought. I mean, it just keeps going to from greater degree. Why? Because you're getting weaker. You're trying to resolve something that you do not have the ability to do on your own. Let me show you something. Proverbs 25, 28. See, God wants you to walk in the freedom whereby he has set you free. And you cannot do it effectively holding and harboring offenses. Proverbs 25, 28. You hear? Let's look at this. Like a city. Come on, everyone reading. Like a city that is broken down and without walls, watch it, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit. Notice, and sets himself up for trouble. We've seen in Hebrews that when we allow that root of bitterness to spring up, it causes trouble. And as a result, many become defiled. Again, in ancient... uh, Biblical days, days of antiquity, walls, uh, 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 cities were walled. That was a safeguard. Again, an example is Jericho. So when it was breached, then the people were left vulnerable. Why? Because there's been a breach in our safeguard. Now we're what? Open for assault, attack, and we become prey to the enemy. Same things happen. When, I, when there's no self-control, I become vulnerable. I, I, I make myself more susceptible to the enemy's attack. Watch this. You're open. Again, when you're weaker, you hear people sometimes say, I'll never do that. Get weak enough. You, you, you might change your mind. You hear? Like a city that is broken down without walls is a man who has no self-control. Will you say this? I cannot effectively possess self-control on my own. I need the power, presence of Holy Spirit. There were some who, this is only for those who didn't say that, okay? Let me show you something, Galatians 5, because there was some, I got self-control. Okay. Okay. No, you might have a little willpower. Listen, willpower will only go so far. Willpower will only carry you so far. Are you here? Notice, Jesus didn't even allow the disciples to go out, man of God, until he said, wait here in Jerusalem until you get some power. (laughs) 
You go out here and do, if you want to, try to do it on your own. Wait for the power. Okay, so what I want to show you here is that one of the characteristics of the fruit singular of the Spirit, not fruits, fruit of the Spirit is self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is, look, see, again, if I'm not allowing myself to be empowered by Holy Spirit, see, love doesn't harbor unforgiveness. Not agape. Why? Because it's unconditional. It's not based on conditions. Its response is to, that's all it does is love. That's all it knows how to do is to respond in love. Joy. You ever seen offended people possessing joy? They're not. No, they're, they're not. No, they're not. They're not joyous. They're bitter. Peace. We know they're not in peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness. Look, long-suffering. When you're long-suffering, you make allowance for people's faults. In other words, you understand, yeah, I just didn't grow like this. I haven't always been mature. As a matter of fact, there are some things I'm still working on. So you're long-suffering. That doesn't mean you let people treat you any kind of way, but there's a greater level of understanding and I'm not so quick to let everything take bait because I'm so easily offended. That's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Yeah, see? You heard pastor, right? Who heard her? Okay. What did she say? Okay. See how y'all woke up again? Do I need the tag team? You want to come up here and finish? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Watch this now. Goodness, faithfulness. First and foremost, to God and his word. See, if I'm not faithful to his word, <laughs> I can't, there's no faithfulness to do his word. Okay, gentleness, self-control against such there is the law. Again, Paul was talking to people who were going back or tempted to go back to Judaism, which they were dependent on self-effort. But he said, when you're led by Holy Spirit, there is no law. In other words, you're not subject to the law. You're not, in other words, you can't do this on your own. Why? Because you're being led by Holy Spirit. Are you here? But I wanted to show you this to show you that self-control is one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So if I want to be like that fortified city, allowing the enemy not to penetrate, I'm going to need the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, to prove it, why are some Christians still harboring Bitterness and unforgiveness. Trying to do it on their own. See, when you try to do it on your own, you're looking at everything, how it felt, who did it. and uh, 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 Like we seen with the psalmist last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, if it was a foe, a friend, it'd been all right. But it was somebody close. 
And see, the thing about that, the closer the relationship, sometimes the greater the pain. But still, that's why you need the power, presence of Holy Spirit to get over it. Nobody's saying it's going to be easy. No one's saying you're going to get up and, and, and the enemy is going to try to get you to revisit. That's why you need Holy Spirit. <laughs> Are you here? Notice again, he said, take heed to yourselves. Let me show you something. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Let me tell you something. There can be no peace if I'm holding anything against anybody. No, no, it's not, man. It's not. Not. Same thing, anybody, spouses. When there's confrontation that's unresolved, no, I don't care how no, you sleep next to each other, you do whatever. There is no, you can sense the tension. Amen. You could tell how she bumped into you in the bed. Yes, yeah, she's still mad. Because <laughs> normally you don't bump me that hard. Yeah. You can tell how he walks in. Oh, he's still offended. See, there's no peace. Why? Because there's something that I'm still holding on to. And again, the longer you hold it, the weaker you become. I need to say that again. The longer you hold it, the weaker you become. In light of Father's Day, you may not know your father. There may be some issues. Forgive him. Perhaps, like many in here, didn't have the tools. Don't know how to be a father. Are you here? Let it go. L listen, it's not freeing him of what he didn't know. It's freeing yourself of being corrupted by what he didn't know or what he didn't do or what. And see, if I don't, I only become weaker. That bump that man. I don't need that man. I mean, come on, bro. Forgive him. Well, you don't know what he did to my mother. Again, perhaps the dude did, and I submit most don't have the tools. So it wasn't always intentional, man of God. He didn't know. And like most of us, when we don't know how to do something and try to fix it, we get all the more frustrated. Why? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. So, 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 watch this. So, 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 so it goes from, 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 from trying to fix the door to kicking the door down because I don't know what I'm doing. Are you here? Are you here? So, so, so we have to get to the place where we say, search me, O Lord. Thoroughly, oh God, and know my heart. See, that's a mature believer. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me. How many of us done that? Even with this message, how many, has how many have taken the time to really say, Lord, am I holding anything? 
Because you've been on this message for several weeks. Have I, am I holding, see, see, now you, you're giving Holy Spirit an opportunity to work in your life. But, but if I'm in denial, I ain't hurt. Watch this. And lead me in the everlasting way. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Now, I got your consent now. Yeah, come on. Help, help me, preacher. Help me. That's what I'm here for. Help me, man. That's why I'm here. What you got for me? <laughs> okay, you want help? Let, let, me help you. let me help you. Say this. Say this. <laughs> Lord, know my heart. Test me and my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me. If I'm harboring any offenses, bitterness, unforgiveness, lead me in the everlasting way. See, don't play with him now. You know, you, you know y'all don't play with the Lord. So you was for real about that, right? So when he show you, one or two things going to happen. Either everything's pretty legit or there's some things I need to let go of. You here? Okay. Now, four ways seeds are sown into us. Four ways seeds of offense, excuse me, are sown into us. Write this down real quick. I'm, this is part of the review. So... I want to get this to you so I can give you the three points on how to overcome it. So four ways seeds of offense are sown into us. We said this last week. Four ways. What are we talking about? Four ways that seeds of offense are sown into us. Now, remember, an offense, it always starts as a thought. You, you, you remember that corner thinking? Personal biases. See, that, that's in the thought process. So an offense always starts as a thought, and thoughts are seeds that enter your mind. That's why the, the longer you meditate on it, whether it's good or bad, the, the more it creates certain feelings. That's why it's not good to assume, man, and play these crazy scenarios. You, you have yourself boiling over something you made up. Don't, don't do that. Man, don't assume. I don't know where she at, but I'm not about to think crazy. And here's the thing. If you just, just ask, honey, where are you? But don't allow yourself to, to formulate these crazy scenarios. I bet she down there over there. I bet she over there. there. I and come to find out her cell phone died. And when, she, and when she get home, oh, you done ripped her up one side down the other, all because of a misunderstanding that started as a seed thought. I'm telling you, the, the, the devil will get you with assumptions. You, you know how many people we entertain don't like us, and we never even ask them, son, you like me? Pastor don't like me. 
have I ever said, I do not like you. Well, if I've never said it, don't entertain it. And before you assume, just come up to that pastor there thoughts and trying to torment me, saying you don't like me. Do you like me? And guess what I'm going to think? Yes, I love you. And here's the thing about the mind. When your mind begins to meditate on a thing, it starts to attract reasons to support those beliefs, even if they're wrong. So if you think you are an elephant, your brain will begin to support reasons why you are an elephant. You do have big feet. Look at your nose. Look at your trunk. Look at your ears. And you walk around. <laughs> Four ways. Caesar sold. But here's the thing. You have the ability to refuse the thought and uproot the seed before it becomes full grown. So you can, you can arrest the thought. Don't let it take root. Are you here? Okay, so four ways there. So number one, we're talking about how the offense begins. Number one, write this down. What others said to us. What others said to us. Some of us offended because of what others said to us. Again, that's why you can't, you got to remove the corner thinking and personal biases. Don't let other people's opinions oppress you. That's your opinion. And it's not what they say to you. It's whether or not you believe what they said to you or not that's going to be, this is going to determine the result of that seed. Because if you believe what they say about you, now that sucker's going to take root. So many of us were offended because of what others said to us. And some of it may have been afflicting, galling, but I, it's still it's up to me whether or not I'll allow it to take root. See, some people are coming at you from a place of hurt. They're talking out of their brokenness, man of God. That's not my problem. It's your problem. And I can't allow your problem to become my problem. See, that long-suffering, you kind of look at the whole paradigm. Maybe, maybe he's going through something. You know, Sally did tell me he lost his job. So maybe he's frustrated. See, see, when there's long suffering, you're just not going to respond immediately. Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom. What's, what's going on? Why is he? This is not him. She doesn't normally act this way. So they're sown in our hearts by what others said to us. Number two, what others did not say to us. And I appreciate the... <laughs> Uh, well wishes and happy Father's Day. But if nobody in here, in my house, was to say happy Father's Day, I promise you, it would not disturb my day. I'm still going to have a good day. Why, 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 why? And it, 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 no uh, grandizement, aggrandizement on, on my part, but I know what kind of father I am. 
and I purpose every day to be better today than I was the day before. So that has no bearing on me. Now, if I was a terrible father, it may weigh on me, but I know I'm not a terrible father. You know I'm not. You don't have to say amen. You know I'm a good pastor. Nobody say amen. Pastor, good pastor. See, look at y'all. Look at y'all. Y'all look look how y'all. Okay, so 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 number two, what others did not say. I mean, it, it would be appreciated, but if they don't, you can't let it. Man, nobody worked told me happy birthday. It could be maybe they didn't know. Or maybe you were just busy or whatever the case is. But again, we can't allow corner thinking and personal biases get us off track. So what others did not say. Again, don't let other people's opinion cause you to become oppressed. Well, he said he liked my shirt. He liked my pants. But he didn't say anything about my shoes. See what others didn't say. Don't. He liked my whole outfit, but he didn't address my hair. Like Solomon talked about, we seen last week, the little things, the little foxes. See, you can't let the little things. So number one, what others said to us. As a matter of fact, the word of God tells us we have to be careful how we hear. So be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear, as Luke says it. See, see, that's that maturity. That's that. That's allowing Holy Spirit to work in you. Be careful how you see. Because sometimes somebody, you can be so in tune, Holy Spirit, that somebody say something crazy, but the way you heard it, it didn't even affect you because you so in tune to Holy Spirit that it, it, it rolled off your back like water off a duck's back. It rolled off of you like water off a duck's back. <laughs> Some matter of fact, you even like, <laughs> I ain't it, bless you, man. I ain't even tripping on you like that. See, that's how, see, you can only do that when Holy Spirit, when you built. Are you here? So number two, what others did not say to you. Number three, oh, here's another one. What others did to us. Uh, man, I went and they didn't even acknowledge me. Called everybody's name. He's seeing me. Said, Man, did you go for them to call your name? See? If you didn't go for them to call your name, don't worry about it. Maybe they didn't see you. Are you here? What others did to us. And again, this is not excusing, Alina, what people do to you. But it's choosing not to allow what people do to me cause me to become offended to the degree that I allow it to take root. Oh, are you here? Who's getting this? Getting this. Okay, so in number four, what people didn't do for us. So a lot of times we'll get, we, we become offended because of what people didn't do for us. And gave me a card. 
but they didn't put any money in it. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all now, when y'all give me a card, the first thing I do, I don't even read it first, first thing I do is, then if I see something out my peripheral, then I'll read it. But if none come out, I just put it back down. I got to shake off offense. <laughs> now nah, I'm just I'm for real though. All right. now, now watch this. What <laughs> what people didn't do for us. So you can't allow your again personal biases and corner thinking to get in the way. Perhaps. They didn't have any money. But I tell you what, the mere fact that you thought of me goes a long way. See, you have, to, you have to, goes a long way. So fathers, I'm going to go ahead, I'm preparing you now. If for some reason there's no money in your car today, just know it was a thought that counts. All right? But shake it first, though. Just shake it. Just. <laughs> so what are the four ways that our fence are sown into us? Number one, what others said to us. Number two, what others didn't say to us. Number three, what others did to us. Number four, what people didn't do for us or did not do for us. Now, let me give you these three and we'll close. Um, overcoming offense, number one. Some of these you already have. We're talking about overcoming offense. Number one, write this down. You must be a lover of God's word. Someone who lives in agreement and sync in unison with God's word. In other words, to be a lover of God's word, son, is to be someone who does his word, does what it says. It, for this situation or this circumstance, I'm in agreement with him. So what's number one? It, it, you must be a lover of God's word. In other words, your response to a situation is always on the basis of God's word, not your feelings. Not your carnal biases and personal feelings. Not how mama them addressed it. Because if mama didn't address it God's way, then mama could be getting me in greater trouble. If daddy and them didn't address it God's way, then I can't do it his way. So number one, I must be what? A love of God's word. In other words, your response... It's always on the basis of God's word. That's what it means to live in agreement with his word. You respond his way. Watch this. And here's the thing. When you respond, to God, when you respond God's way, he is now obliga obligated to intervene. I said it again. When you respond his way, according to his word, he is now obligated to intervene. Why? Because he and his word are one. Because they are in agreement with my word, I have to respond. And whenever you respond according to his word, it shall not return unto you void. 
Are you here? Psalm 119, 165. I only have three. And if you stick to these three, you should be okay. There may be more, but we have three today. Are you here? Great. Here we go. What's, what's point number one? What does that mean? Can I ask you this? Would it, would it be somewhat challenging to be a lover of his word if there's no hearing and studying, reading of his word? If you're not in the word, what, thank you. What you going to stand on? You know what? You're going to respond in the flesh. <laughs> Again, I don't know how to respond, so I'm going to go based upon what I was exposed to, what I know. <laughs> Great. So don't tell me somebody who's harboring offense is at peace. They're not, man. Why? Because the longer they hold it, the weaker they become. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. In other words, because they're, they, they're, they're so uh, in agreement with God and his word, they don't allow the offense to take root. Why? Because I responded God's way. And since I responded his way, because of the intervention, this thing didn't take root. Are you here? So you must be a lover of his word. This goes back to worship. What we, what we initially started off, this goes back to worship. Psalm 94, 22. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The information that we received over these last several weeks, if I'm still harboring something, it's pretty much because I want to. And, and guess what? You're not dependent on Holy Spirit, man. Then you have to ask yourself, what's the reason to keep holding on to it? Who's that? You got to realize, who's it hurting? Because Earl going on about his life. Karen going on about her life. The longer you hold it, the weaker you become. But the, watch this, but the Lord, you can say his word. is my defense. And my God is the rock of my refuge. You already know this. Write this word down. That word defense in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word misgob. And it means a secure height. A retreat. A stronghold. As she said, a fortress. Oh, this one I like. It means to be unassailable, unassailable. 
He puts you in an unassailable place, which means unable to be attacked, questioned, or defeated. Oh, my God. So when I allow the word of God to become my defense, it puts me in a place where I cannot be attacked, questioned, or defeated. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Nobody. It's like the weapon formed, but it don't prosper. Why? Because I'm in a place where I am unable to be attacked, questioned, or defeated. That's why when you forgive people, they are topsy-turvy, don't know how in the world, why is he still talking to me? Why is she so nice to me? Why is she still loving me? And she know I did her wrong. Why? Because she's trusted her God. And as a result, he has put her in a place where she cannot be attacked, questioned, or defeated. That's why you need to be a lover of God's word. That's, that, that, that's how, see, and we can't even take credit. I mean, God is the only reason why I'm still loving you. God is the reason why I can still smile. He's the reason why I still give you food. I know you're hungry. He's, he, he's the reason. Right? Because if it was up to me, you'd still be outside. If it was up to me, you'd still be hungry. If it was up to me, I'd still be holding this mess against you. You hear? All right, let's move to point number two. Who got that? Number two. Oh, you better. Well, I encourage you to really write this one down. What's number one? Watch this. Technically, number one is all we need. We really don't, these other, because every, all this other is encompassing number one if we work number one, Morgan. But so number two, talking about overcoming offense, number one, we must be a lover of God's word. So that means you have to read your Bible, then study your Bible. <laughs> As well. What do you say? Meditate. Watch this. Number two, see, you, you got to take it now. You can't take everything to heart. See, see what she's doing? Do that again. See what she's doing. <laughs> See, next time somebody trying to faint you, just do like. And whoever it is, they probably act, act right because, wait a minute, hold up. What are you doing? Is he, is he putting a root on me or something? No, I'm fine. No, no. Yeah, you let it slide. Oh, oh, I'm doing it wrong. You got to, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, she, you got to caress that thing. I, yeah, okay. 
right. <laughs> number two, you can't take everything to heart. What's number two? Ecclesiastes 7. Another way to say it is don't take everything personally, man. Okay? Let, let me say this. Anybody, well, i ask it later. Let's look at this. Watch this. Listen to what Solomon says. Verse 19. Wisdom will help a wise person more than ten rulers can help a city. Notice, Solomon believes that wisdom gives more strength and protection to a man than ten rulers give to a city, which simply means that wisdom is greater than armed might. Wisdom. Number two, I'm, so, I'm sorry, verse 20. Certainly, there is no one. Oh, hold on, no, we need to say it again. There is no, now, again, there, 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 there's always that one person <laughs> who, have, who is, I'm talking about, they've never missed it. So even for that person. Certainly there's no one so righteous on earth that he always does what is good and never sin again falls short of God's glorious standard. So in other words, it, it, that don't mean you're out here doing something crazy. Maybe you, you allow just the wrong thoughts to just run loose on the canvas of your imagination for a while. Maybe you didn't speak to somebody. and You know, you, you, whatever the case. So my point is you're still growing and maturing. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? So there's no one. And I, I seen somebody write down in their Bible, not me. No, you, no, you, no. You, you might as well erase that and put me too. Okay? Now, verse 20, it, here's what he's saying. In context, Solomon tells why we stand in need of a closer alliance with that wisdom, which we just seen in verse, uh, that he just described in verse 20. This is why. We need that wisdom and come into alliance with wisdom. Verse 21, don't take everything that people say to you to heart. Uh, hold on. Guess what he said? He said, that's Words of that say say in the word. Do y'all see this? Don't take everything that people say to heart. Say this. This day forward, I will no longer take everything that people say to me to heart. Just brush some things, just brush off. Or you may hear your own servant cursing you. Here's what he's saying. First, he's saying, a healthy sense of our own imperfections will help us to take criticism in stride. So, in other words, when you realize that I'm still a work in progress, I won't allow other people's criticism get me bent out of shape. I won't let other people's opinion oppress me. 
Are you here? Verse 22, your conscience knows that you have cussed others many times. In other words, this is what he's saying. We must be mindful that we have been guilty of the same thing. In other words, it doesn't, doesn't mean necessarily that you, you know, gave somebody a good list of expletives or, or you cursed somebody, but you said things that perhaps you should have not said out loud as well. Notice he said, your, your conscience knows that you have cursed others many times. Listen, we can, carefully, we can scarcely expect others to be perfect when we are far from perfection ourselves. I say it again. We can scarcely expect others to be perfect when we are far from perfection ourselves. L let me make it more modern. What he said, what he's saying is that you know you don't talk about people. So why do you get bent out of shape when people talk about you? In layman terms, that's what he's saying. You yourself done talked about people, more people than you can count. So why do you see? In other words, this being hypocritical. Why are you being a hypocrite? You know yourself. You don't talk about people. So you hear? So what's point number two? You can't take anything in person. So next time somebody comes, yeah, yeah, Earl told me he came to your house. Yeah, 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 Earl told me. And Earl said this, don't. I can't believe Earl said that. And you know yourself. <laughs> you just talked about Earl. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they used to say, don't dish it out if you can't take it. Okay, so and the point is this, guys. People are gonna say things. You can tell somebody, keep my main, keep my name out your mouth, all you want to. And as soon as you get down the street, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? People, keep my name out your mouth. Okay. As soon as they get home. They running your name in a hole again. What you going to do about it? What you going to do about it? Proverbs, we got one more. Proverbs 29, 25. This goes with point number two. So you, you can't allow that. See, and if you allow Holy Spirit to strengthen you, there's going to be long suffering. And, and perhaps you'll end up something, the conversation goes something like this. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I did something to Earl or not. But you, then it may be something you want to talk to Earl. If Earl's speak, maybe Earl got offended at something or whatever. But here's the thing. Because of that long suffering, I'm going to give Earl the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps he misunderstood something I said or something that I did. But I'm going to take it up with Earl. We know you take debate when you start going in on Earl because of what? Okay? Then... On the other side of that, you know, be careful with people who, you know, bringing things to you. Because more so than that, my, my response is always, well, when Earl was talking about me, since you my friend, 
What did you say? Okay. All right. Got real quiet right there. It, this is just for, for your social media page. I know y'all like to put up verses on your page. It is dangerous to be concerned. No, no you, you know, for all those who like them, them hater sermons. <laughs> you know, how people read about haters and my haters. This is for those who like that kind of, this is for your haters, okay? I think that's the first time I ever said that. Is that the first time I ever said that in a message? I don't know, but I, I never focus on that. God is too good. Why, why are you spending time worried about? You know what I do? What the Bible says? Love those who hate me. Amen. Those who persecute me. Love them. Put no energy in that. Again, why should I allow your problem to become my problem? Who was that that said, I, I ain't got nothing but love for you, baby? Was that Heavy D? Yeah. Was that Heavy D? Yeah. I ain't got nothing but love for you, baby. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. I think the original translation says, the fear of man brings a snare. The fear of man brings a snare. It's a bait, lure. And see, here's the thing. When you're so caught up in what people say, it can become a snare to you. That's why you don't give too much to it. It, it, it then it begins to hamper everything that you try to do. Why? Because I got more faith in man now. I have more faith in confidence. I have more confidence in man now than I do God. And there's nothing wrong with having trust and confidence in men, but don't have more confidence in man than you do God. That's where we mess up. Are you here? It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you're safe. In contrast, there is freedom, liberation, protection, as we just seen, for those who trust God. And number three, how to over, over, overcome offense. This is probably one of the most important. You overcome offense by forgiving. Got to forgive. Got to forgive. No, I, see, we keep going on. You don't know how. We, we, nobody saying it didn't hurt. Yeah, they done you wrong. But still, there's no scripture that justifies us holding it. Nowhere in scripture does it tell us, I have a right not to forgive. No. Are you here? So the best revenge for someone who hurt you is to forgive them. To forgive means to free yourself. And what this does, it shows that you have trust in God. Man, you hurt me, but I'm going to trust God with this healing process, man. I'm going to trust God. Proverbs 19, 11. This is the last one. I heard the father say, take your time. They're not doing nothing with me today. Take your time, Rev. We just going home, Rev. Take your time. All right, so give me five more minutes. Man, don't take your time, Rev. <laughs> 
good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. This goes back to that wisdom. And it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking. See, so you can't do this without help of the Holy Spirit. Without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. See, good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is his honor and glory to overlook. Someone say overlook. That word in Hebrew, it means to pass over or to forgive. To pass over or to forgive. What does it mean? To pass over or to give. So, a person of good sense and discretion, listen, they let, they, they, they pass over things. They forgive things. Let me show you the Lord using the same word overlook in reference to forgiveness. Notice it says, it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. So if I'm harboring resentment, if I'm seeking revenge, rest assured you have not overlooked this thing. In other words, rest assured you haven't forgiven. If you're seeking revenge, you have not forgiven. If you're being malicious, if you've been, you, you've been trifling, if you're trying to inflict hurt, if you're trying to destroy slander, you have not forgiven. Micah 7.18. 7.18. Listen, this is what you have to do. Go back and meditate on this. Study these passages of Scripture. Then ask Holy Spirit to lead you in the everlasting way. Lord, help me. Walk with me. It, I need your strength. And watch this. When you're weak, much stronger. He's much stronger. Who is a God like you? Now, first of all, how many remember in the weeks past, we've seen in 1 Peter uh, 2 around verses, I don't know, 23, 24, somewhere in there, where Christ is our example. Who remembers that? Who's our example? Who? Okay, so he's our example to follow. Now, watch this. Who is a God like you? Who what? Forgives wickedness and passes over. There it go right there. So it's to forgive. Passes over the rebellious acts of the remnant of his possession. He does not retain his anger forever, but he constantly delights in mercy and loving kindness. And we should be the same way. We should constantly delight in mercy and loving kindness. Ephesians 4, 31, 32. We're getting towards the end. And listen, I appreciate your patience for letting me get all this out today so we can get to some new things next week. So, but you have to go back and listen to this. Watch, minister, more than once. You think one time a suffice. No, you need to hear it again, man. And again and again. Let it get in you. Are we there? Watch this. I, I, want, I want you to read this so you can hear it. Okay? Ready, let's read. Let, let, 
wait. Some bitterness. What does all mean? Yeah, but you don't know what she did, though. Yeah, but she said she was my girl. She was my ride or die chick. Yeah, but he said he'll never hurt me. Again, something I want to resonate with you that I kept repeating today. The longer you hold it, the weaker you become. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding, and slander. See, if there's slander, there's offense. You haven't forgiven if there's slander. And see, again, when you start doing like the other person, you have now reduced yourself down to their level. And guess who winning? They are. They are. And slander but put, be put away uh, from you along with every kind of malice. All spike. Let's see, again, man, that's not of God. When as Christians, we're being spiteful. Verbal abuse. Malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another. Tenderhearted. See, again, I heard that. Pastor, I can't do that. You're right, not on your own. But with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, you get that self-control. Be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate. See, understanding Understanding, forgiving one another. See, forgiving one another what? Readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Last verse. Last verse is Romans 12, 19 through 21. See, it's one thing not to have tools. But when you have tools and refuse to use them, it's now on you. I have no excuse now, Brother Damon. When you've given me the, inf- when you've given me the know-how and I still refuse to do it, no excuse. Beloved. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, like I said last week, I, don't, I, I will let God deal with this how he chooses to. But as for you, I'm going to live in agreement with his word. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to walk in love. And you don't have to wish bad on people. See, if you're wishing bad, you haven't forgiven. And as I stated last week, God is not a dog that you can sick on people. Like, get him, God. He, he, no, that ain't how he work, dude. He don't, no, that ain't how he work. And, and just for your... Information, he reigns on the just 
as well as the unjust. What that literally means is that God even shows mercy to those who oppose him. So he's not like your big brother. Or that pit bull. <laughs> or whatever, whatever kind of dog you want to sick on somebody. That's no. That's not. And I'm not saying pit bull lovers sick their dog on people. Y'all give them sick. Amen. All the pit bull lovers, y'all good. Oh, you yeah. I know I got something in here. Amen. Okay. P -p -p Poodles will jump on you. Any any dog, you, you, you can train to act crazy. Okay. Uh, verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry. See, we talked about this earlier. What should we do? Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. What does that mean? This is what that means. They know how they treated you. And in spite of how they mistreated you, you still show love and kindness. That makes them feel about. They might try to act tough. Oh, but when they get in that car, they boohooing like a baby. That little sandwich that you gave, it's, 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 it's all soggy because of their tears. They, were, they can't even enjoy it because they know what they've done, and yet he still treats me nice. Man, imagine what the world, what the body of Christ would look like if we did this all the time. Last verse, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, beloved, we may not always be able to prevent an offense from coming, but allowing an offense to take root is always my choice. Will you say this? I do not have to become offended. Come on, let's get a lot of hand clap and praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.